What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to. What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to the FY Fly Podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. The Kid That Did and a Man That Can, baby. And today, we're going to be chopping it up with the soldier boy of vending machines because she did it first and she got it popping, huh? <laughs> We have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Chrissy, who is the CEO and founder of The Vending Factory. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. Just so excited to be on this podcast. So happy and glad that I got to meet you in person. So I'm excited to be a part of this. I love it. Me too. Me too. Happy to have you here because it's going to be a great episode today. Because if y'all looking for a new business or a side hustle to start, look no further. So let's go ahead and jump on in because here at FYI Fly, we like to skip the fluff and get right into the good stuff, baby. So what made you jump into the vending machine industry? And what are some of the biggest mistakes that you made in the beginning that my audience can avoid now? Okay, so I jumped in because my sister's friend kind of put the bug in my ear that he owned Mm. two vending machines and he was already a registered nurse. And so he did this on the side. So I was like, what do you mean you own vending machines? Like you're telling me that you can own a vending machine outright and not, like do anything. I thought they were owned by big companies. I was just a little confused. So he um, pretty much put it in my ear. I went and did research. It took me about a year and a half to really do the research and understand. That's so important. And one of the main things that I would say that I messed up in is moving too fast. Sometimes Mm. we know about a business thing or an an idea and we kind of jump into it, but we don't really know some of the the back end things so that you don't lose money. And for me, it was buying machines too fast because I ended Mm. up having to get a storage unit because I didn't have the locations to put the machines in. So now I felt like I was kind of losing money, even though around that time I was already making, I would say pretty good money in vending. It Mm. still was something that I always teach people go slow, take your time, learn a lot about the business, know a lot about the business, and then you can Uh dive to it. Okay, and and I agree with you a hundred percent. So, can you speak to the balance of you know, for like you said, learning the business, becoming like you know, some of what of an expert of your business, but then also to you know the analysis paralysis part of yes. learning so much of everything and not being able to jump out and go get active because some of those back end things you really wouldn't have learned if you weren't out there doing them yourself. So, can you, so can you speak to that balance? Yes, of course. So for me. I'm a doer. So anything that I put mm. my mind to, I'm going to do it. Right. When I jumped into vending, I was laughed at by everyone besides except for my sister. So yeah. it was it was kind of like, what do you mean you own a vending machine? What are you going to make a quarter or 50 cents off of these candy bars? That's not a lot wow. of money. So for me, I was like, you know what? This has to work because mm. if I started adding up the Uh, the candy that I would be buying from these stores. And then I was like, wait a minute. So if this amount of people buy this amount of candy and snacks from me, then I probably could, you know, walk away with about $500, $400. 
Little to my knowledge, I made $550, my first vending machine that first month. And I purchased purchased it for $650. So for me, you really have to say, all right, this is something that I want to do. I'm not going to listen to anyone around me and I'm going to do all it takes to do it. And even Mm. if I fail, because I didn't really care about failing, I really didn't even think about failing. I was like, I know I'm going to make good money, even though I have to wait a little longer. I know I'm going to make money. So I never even thought that I would make my money back within two months of being in vending. And I never in a million Mm. years would think that I would be able to grow it into a multi six figure company. Okay, so touch I need I need you to touch on the because I know you said you left your job, you know, to focus on this full time. And like, when did you know that it was the right time? You know, was it a certain income level? Was it a certain knowledge level? Like, I got this. I know I can do it. Like a motivation level. Like, when do you think is the right time to leave your job for vending or, you know, your own business or a side hustle? Oh, I love that question. So I worked (laughs) my nine to five and I made six figures in the business. I worked my nine to five and I made six figures. I'm one of Mm. those people who, if you love your nine to five, keep your nine to five. Um, Mm -hmm. As a single parent, I knew that it was important to have a nine to five, but then have a side hustle on the side, because that's really what I thought vending was. I thought it was just my little side hustle. I figured I could just make an extra $10,000 a year. I'm good on top of what I was making. So Mm. for me, when I made my first six figures and I worked my nine to five, I was like, you know what? I like my nine to five. There was nothing wrong with my nine to five. I I went to college and I earned a bachelor's degree for my nine to five. And Uh I was in, I was um, in grad school when I made six figures in vending. What were you doing if you don't mind me asking? No problem. I was um, wanting to get my MBA. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get my MBA in grad school. No, I'm saying, what was, what was the uh, job that she was making six figures at? Yeah. (laughs) So, well, so I was making six figures in the vending machine business and my nine to oh. five was a, was a school teacher. I was a resource teacher. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I went to school, got my bachelor's in elementary education, was a resource teacher. I think I was making around like 56, 57,000 because I did stuff, you know, after school. But uh-huh. then I made six figures in vending. Right. So okay. for me, it was really about, like, I love my nine to five, you know, holidays. I loved it. It worked around my daughter's schedule. Sure, sure. But again, that for me, it was um, going to work and knowing that I'm making easier money in vending than yeah. I was with working as a school teacher. And that was like the number one reason why I quit. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like in your opinion, would you say like vending machine success depends on, or, you know, mostly correlates with finding a good location or is it like having the best snacks or whatever you putting in there? Yeah. So I tell people location, 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 but okay. the truth is in vending, there are multiple streams of income and in vending. So you were talking about mm. niching down earlier, which is like, you got to niche down, you know, should you focus on one thing? I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly believe when you get into any business, try to see how many streams of income there are in just that one business. So nice. in vending, there are like 10 different streams that you can do just in vending and it is nowhere near saturated. I have mm. mentees right now who are making $20,000 a year, $30,000 a year, just in vending, right? And it's their little side yeah. hustle. Yo, are you ready to hit your next level? Do you want to increase your drive, destiny, and dollars? 
Well, if so, check out my new book, From College to COVID, 24 Lessons Learned During the Lockdown, where I've compiled five of the biggest lessons I learned going from college to COVID to starting my financial literacy empire, FYI Fly, plus 19 lessons from your favorite entrepreneurs, entertainers, and athletes that have been featured on our show. There's literally something for everyone. So purchase your copy today at FYFly.com backslash from college to COVID. Let's go. But they don't even own machines. So you don't have to own a machine. You don't have to find a location. It's hard to find. Yeah. And if you don't want to pay someone to find the location, that's fine. But you can Mm. also do all these other different things and you can make vending your your side business that you have. And now you're just working from home and you're still involved in the business. So, yes, location is important. But if you don't mm. have the money to pay someone to look for the location, that's fine. Let's do some of the other things in vending. And then when you got that money, then you can purchase a machine. So let's touch on some of them other things, some of them other multiple streams. Like what are some of the most hands off things that people can do in the vending machine industry? So number one is actually location services. So that's actually mm. how I made my first $50,000 in the vending machine business. I became a vending machine locator. That's kind of how I got on Instagram, too. So I was in the vending machine business, and um, this guy asked me to purchase a location for me because I was getting locations fast. At the time, I had about five machines and five locations, and I also had some in storage as well. And he bought a vending machine location for me for like $350. Then, Mm. you know, I sold it to him. He came back. He was like, Chrissy, I got to tell you the truth. Um, And he was a guy I didn't even know personally. He was a guy in Miami Beach, Florida. Didn't know personal, just kind of met him through, you know, through being in vending. And he was like, people sell these locations for $2,000 a pop. I was like, a pop? What are you talking about? Um, (laughs) So I was like, well, if I can find these locations, how do I find the people who want them? And he was like, easy. Mm -hmm. It would be anyone who wants to get in vending. So I got on Instagram, Mm -hmm. made my little vending factory account, and I started telling people, hey, I'm going to give you all this knowledge for free about the vending machine business. And then in return... I knew that they were going to buy locations from me. That's when I got up to my first $50,000 in vending alone. Here I am Mm -hmm. selling these locations. Then I started selling machines. I started doing everything around it. So really, if you want to be a location, right? A person who sells locations, you can do that. You can do vending routes, which is your buying. I had a mentee. um, I'm going to post it probably on my Instagram. She bought a vending machine, $1,600. She Then she found a location. She was able to resell it for $3,000 for the machine and the location. And this was in one week. This was in one week. So there's Uh so many. And you have to think about it. There are people. I know you're probably like, depending on your age, how am I going to find these people who have $3,000, $4,000, $5,000? Easy. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who were like, I have the money, but I don't have the time. So now you're solving the problem of finding these prime locations for them finding these good vending machines from them or for yeah. them. And now all you have to do is be the middleman because right now I'm the middleman in my business. I don't have to leave mm. my house to make money in vending. I think some of the biggest things, you know, from what you said was how you found a, a problem in that niche and then you became that solution. You know what I'm saying? So for any young listener, anybody listening, that's what she did. She found a problem. And she became the solution. She created um, solutions to become that solution to that problem. Yes. You know what I mean? So that, that's one of the biggest things that I took away from that. And also what you did was you provided value for the people in that niche, in that area. And that value turned to money because you provided that value up front. 
Exactly. You know Without saying? even knowing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Without even no, knowing so, it. That's hard. That's hard. So anybody listening, like, make sure that you're educating yourself on whatever topic, whatever niche, whatever area that you want to become that expert in, educate yourself and then get out there and network. Cause you did say, you know, you know, you met somebody in Miami beach through the vending industry. So networking is obviously key. Get out there and network yeah. and then find from that network and find that problem. And then you become that solution, whether it's vending, whether it's graphic design, whatever you're doing, find a problem and you become that solution. Yep. Yep. 100%. I agree with you. That's And that's important in vending. And you can make up mm-hmm. a lane in vending. There are a lot of things that don't exist. You can literally make it up. And now you're doing yeah. that. I had a mentee um, who wanted to sell the vendors. Um, she wanted to sell the vendors that I pretty much provide. And that's uh-huh. what she started doing. And I was like, okay, like that's a whole stream <laughs> of income. So now I'm yeah. telling other, other mentees, like, listen, this is what she did. And this was about three and a half, four years ago. So I tell mm. people, listen, now you can sell my vendors, you know, sell the sell the vending machine, not my vendors, but the vending machines yeah. to other people. All you have to do is have your own little mini warehouse. And now you're just reselling mm. machines. Yeah. Nah, that's smart. Like you said, find finding them them different plays and different niches and making plays from them. Exactly. But, and I, I have a good one for you because I noticed you said that, you know, you, you, you believe that location, location, location is the key to having vending machine success. So once we do find a good location, what is the like pitch or like how do we go talk to that specific decision maker at that location? Like what, what what's that game on, on that? Yeah, of course. So when you are looking for locations, you want to have things in your hand or just something that they can remember you by. Um, nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, the owner doesn't really want to talk to anyone coming in, right? No solicitations. Yeah. So <laughs> what you want to do is you want to have your proposal ready. You want to probably have a website already created, some cards with you. Mm-hmm. And you want to go and make sure you're speaking to the secretary or the person in front of that office. Because when you do that, you're basically telling them, hey, this Mm. is me, this is my personality, this is what I want to do. And now they're gonna go back to the owner, they're gonna rant and rave about you. Hey, is this person, he's cool, he's a cool person, cool personality, and he wants vending machines, we need vending machines. When the owner comes out, you wanna let the vending machine, or let the owner know that you wanna place your vending machine there, Here's a proposal in hand. Um, here's mm. my business cards. And you want to let them know that you want to place your vending machine there free of charge, free of service, right? You don't want to pitch and try to ask them, you know, how much would you let me place it here for? You don't want to do anything like that. Just be very natural yeah. with it. And then okay, so we don't got to we don't got to shoot and break them off. Then like we, we ain't not at that. all. Not at all. You okay. want to make it natural and, and you want them to pretty much feel like they are a giving you a chance and be trusting mm. you. So it's always okay. a free service to you and your clients or employees. And if okay. they do ask for a percentage, then you can tell them five to 10%. That, okay. That's, that's, that's something that I was looking for as well. Cause I know, you know, when some people get out there and they face that, they're going to be like, dang, I, th- I thought I did have to pay less. So I'm glad you threw in, you know, that, that, you know, five to 10%. Is that the, the most that you've heard or like inexperienced? Nope. nope. I had a mentee and they were like, Chrissy, I have this guy. Mm. He's being greedy. It was at a loft in New Jersey. He's being greedy and he wants 15%. I don't want to do it. I got on a FaceTime with him, looked at the location. I was like, take the 15%. And he was like, no, I don't want to. I'm just going to go somewhere else. I said, okay, if you don't take the 15%, 
I will give you however much money you want me to give you mm. and I will sell that location. And because he was like, well, wait a minute, I don't want nobody buying this location. Because yeah. that was, he was like, all right, fine. I'll just see how it works. He made $750 with one of his vending machines in one month. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then it was because of that location. Like he, he charged that premium percentage because he knew the, the amount of business that would be there. Correct. Or is great question. It was a new place. And the owner uh-huh. really didn't know how much it was going to generate, right? It was a loft. Mm-hmm. I think it had about three or four floors. Um, yeah. And he really didn't know. He just felt like 15% was fair. And I felt mm-hmm. like 15% was fair too, because it was kind of downtown. I don't think it was super downtown, but it kind of was. And just yeah. for me looking at how nice the place was, and it just looked like it had a lot of foot traffic. I was like, listen, you and yeah. and they can get to the vending machine even if they weren't a part of that loft. So they could just walk in the doors, get mm. the vending machine and just walk out. And, and then, then if, they are, yeah. if they were a part of that building, they would have a key card to get in. So I felt like it was a lot mm. of unknown traffic that we didn't know about that I thought it was going to do well. So, yeah, he, he did well okay. at that location. Makes sense. Makes sense. Can you name some other places that, you know, people can put vending machines in? Like, I know people know like hotels and things, but what are some locations that people haven't thought of? Um, Outlet malls. Um, man, mm. there's so many apartment complexes, um, homeowners associations, whether it's an, it's at a um, place where a bunch of houses are or not. What's up? What's up? Oh, y'all haven't heard? FY Fly just released their new website. Check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site. Please check our free features, educational resources, and our blog that we update daily. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Now let's dive in. Warehouses yeah. is number one. Schools, um, man, there's a lot. Uh, anywhere that has a pool is really good. Um, yeah. I think I said That's outlet facts. malls, regular malls. Um, really big as well is anywhere where they're like call centers or um, mm. I know I was I know I was a telemarketer when I was in high school, but anywhere where yeah. there's like <laughs> telemarketing centers or call centers or business centers, go to just go and Google and type in business center. You'll see the, mm. like you'll see a bunch of different places. Call them up. Um, any new construction, so you can go on Google and look for new construction as well. That mm. is like top notch. Laundry mats okay. are, are kind of easier to get into. Tire shops are a little easier to get into. Not as much mm. traffic at, at uh, tire shops, but I would say you kind of will get into about you know $300 a month if you're at a good mm. tire shop location. Laundry mats, it depends on how big the laundry mat is, but you can also yeah. pitch them that you'll sell the actual the actual like laundry soaps in the vending machine as well. And the, even though it's not a snack machine, you uh-huh. still can, you know, make money from that too. Nah, that's Arcades, a play. That's a play. Anywhere where kids go, I, I mean, the list goes on. I have a 100 uh, free location resource that I give mm. people. It's free. It's um in my link tree on uh, Instagram. So it, that's pretty helpful. It gives you like a list of 100 different places you can place it. Okay, yeah, yeah, we definitely have to link that at the bottom of the, of the show notes for the folks because that's that's a huge play. Because I yeah. remember I even seen one when I was getting my car fixed, you know, at the at the auto shop. So for sure. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. So, so in your opinion, you know, what's your best way or what's the best way to really market these vending machines? Because it's not like we're, you know, selling to individuals. It's more business to business. So, you know, what's the best form of marketing in your opinion? 
So when it comes to marketing, I wouldn't really say market like snacks and drinks, but definitely product machines. So I was Mm. not only the first African-American male and female to get on Instagram to talk about the vending machine business. I was also the the first one to talk about the product machine business as well. Back then, Mm. you had a lot of hair vending machines, lash vending machines, but there were people who were trying to franchise. So you pay them $15,000 and you can have their franchise. So I started teaching. I was like, wait a minute. I started teaching people how to own their own lash, own hair vending machines and own it. So they become Mm. the actual owner. Now, of course, a lot of franchises were trying to partner with me. They were trying to get me to work with them, but I just knew as a single parent, I didn't have $15,000 to give anyone to get in this business. So for me, you would be marketing your product machine, jewelry, man, body butter, hair, glasses, Mm. um, earphones, headphones, uh, chargers. There's so many different things that you can place in a product machine and you can market Uh. that. The number one way is putting a QR code on the vending machine itself. Mm. And then all you have to do is hit scan me. Right. And now they can see what else you offer on your website, because nine times out of 10, if I buy what or if I buy something from your machine and I like it, I'm yeah. going to buy some more. So then now they're going to just purchase on website. We're living in an e-commerce world. People don't mm. even like going to the store anymore. So what better way to now have that website up and now they can follow you on Instagram and, you know, see what else you you have for sale. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And you were talking about all the different products that could go into, you know, these machines. And I saw on your Instagram that one, one machine was like a cotton candy joint. <laughs> so like, what's the wildest like vending machine that you've seen so far? Oh, that's a good one. Rocks. Okay. Rocks is one. Rocks is Rocks. one. Yeah. And it's funny cause they're actually not called. So there's two. One is Pet Rocks. Pet Rocks, I don't know if you remember, it was back in my time. I'm a little old. But (laughs) Pet Rocks were like super huge back in the days. So Uh um, you would, and when I say back in the days, I want to say like 10 years ago. But you would draw on your rock. Like the little stress joints? Like the little stress? No. You would draw on this hard rock and you you would basically place it somewhere. A stranger would pick it up. And it was basically this rock thing going around. So someone had a pet rock vending machine. Another vending machine was just, it's not called a rock, but it looks like one. Someone told me what it's called. Um, But that one. And then the third one was this lady makes $80,000 a year. All she does is go to the dollar store. She buys the little toys in there and she puts them in packages. And she makes $80,000. She was on the news. She makes $80,000 a year and she puts Mm. them in like bars or um, different, just different random places. Tattoo shops. Yep. That's different. That's different. Yep. (laughs) To be making $80,000 a year. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You ain't ain't losing on that one. Ain't losing on that one. So I got a couple more questions for you and I'm going to read, I seen actually shout out to the shade room. Cause I seen this question on shade room. So, uh, so you can only pick one out of these three options. I'm going to read you. All right. Okay. All right. So number one is an 850 credit score. Number two is 2 million in cash. And number three is 4,000 a week for the rest of your life. Now, which one you doing or which one you taking and why? All right, so I'm going to do the 4000 a week, right? For the rest of my life. Was it 4000 a week? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do the 4000 a week because I also owned a six-figure credit repair business. So I not yeah. only know how to fix my credit, but my credit is actually <laughs> really, really good. won't say the score, but it's actually a pretty dope um, okay. credit score. And then as far as the cash amount... When you have business credit and you have, when you have really good business credit and you have really good personal credit, mm. you have the cash, you got the capital. Um, so that's a, that's a huge thing. Like in vending, I not mm. only try to get people to get into the business, but also set your business up the right way. When you got mm. good personal credit, get your business credit right. When you get your business credit, I have a car in my business name. I teach people how to establish their business credit once you have yeah. those two things, you are power, you are already a millionaire. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll take the 4000 a week for the rest of my life. I figure I can just kind of give that to my daughter and just set her up, you know, because I already have okay. her set up um, anyway. But, yeah, I think that'll be dope. So I, I love that question. I think it okay. depends on where you are in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, shout out to the shade room. Shout out to the shade room for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got one final question for you. One final question for you. And I'm going to read you two quotes, and I need you to tell me which one is more accurate in your opinion, okay? I'm so biased. (laughs) Go ahead. All right. So the first one is more money, more problems like Biggie, or money can't buy happiness. Which one is more accurate in your opinion? Money can't buy happiness. Um, I remember when I hit my first six figures. This was when, of course, when I was uh, working. And Mm. I was like, man, like... I thought I was going to be happy, but when I, what I realized was I was the same person, right? Like yeah. I was the same person. I didn't want for anything. Um, I, you know, I already owned a home. I've been in my home for almost seven years now and mm. I didn't want anything extra. I didn't want, I still drove my, my Toyota Camry, right? Yeah. Drove that for 11 years. I'm very frugal with my money. And now that I'm in a, a spot where I'm comfortable with my lifestyle, um, it money doesn't buy happiness. So I I make sure to focus on making myself happy, keeping my mm. daughter happy, and more money, more problems. It, it only is a problem if you let it be. But money Facts. never buys happiness. But it'll make you feel a lot more secure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I agree with you 100% because I don't feel like money can buy you know like true happiness, true happiness and joy. I feel like that already has to be in you or you have to find it through you know maybe a child or maybe something like that but i don't think money can just build true joy true happiness like you said it can get that security and that's you know huge to have especially when you've been on the opposite end of the spectrum where Mm -hmm. you don't have that money and financial security so i feel like that's major but money buying just true happiness like because you can go buy you know the lambo and then you drive that joint three times and you're not even, you know yep. what I'm saying? You're not even excited about it anymore. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And then, uh, and the more money, more problems, I feel like it's, you know, more money, more solutions. You know what I'm saying? Because if we're using, if we using money as a tool, you know what I mean? As, as it should be used, then it should be more money, more solutions, not more money, more problems. Cause we got the tool, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> Definitely right, agree. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely appreciate you jump jumping on the show and, and chopping it up with us. Please let the audience know where to reach you and also any final words, go ahead and hit them with it. Uh yes, of course. First and foremost, um, 
I just launched my candy machine biz box. The first okay, one ever. Okay. Um, and it and what I like about this is it's for elementary kids, right? Mm-hmm. Elementary school kids, but it will teach you or the children how okay. to start their very first candy machine business. Okay. And it's the very first biz box mm. dealing with candy machines. And I'm also getting on with children. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing some live events with them um, on Zoom where they can come and ask me questions or anything they That's need hard. to know, anything more in it. And I'm offering a 500, not offering, giving away a $500 mm-hmm. scholarship to um, one recipient who purchases the biz box. So I'm excited about that. You can find me on at Vending Factory One on Instagram um, and then at Chrissy Tutors as well on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. so thank you so much for having me. I love spreading information. I have a lot more information on my page as well. Just if you need some gems or anything about vending, I normally drop them. We need one final takeaway. We need one final takeaway. Some, give them some. Um, okay, so I would, there's so many, right? Um, I mm-hmm. would say in this world of vending, everyone knows someone. So mm-hmm. when you get into vending, make sure you're being truthful about everything that you do in vending because it's a very, very, very small world. And mm-hmm. you can network with a lot of people in vending, just like him. I met him at a networking event. Um, and when you network with people, you'll know that that is the most powerful thing you can do because Thanks. you start to help one another. If one person's doing this, then the other person, hey, I need this favor. You never know what else someone has. You may know someone who's selling a prime location for $2,000 because they got to run out of town and they need to give it to someone. Now they're mm-hmm. giving you this $2,000 location, but now you can flip that for 5000 So just understand mm-hmm. that you got to network with people. Um, get your face out there, even if you're shy, because I'm shy too. I'm shy to mm-hmm. talk to people, but even if you're shy... Don't be shy. Just understand that this is a business at the end of the day. And if you want money, you got to open your mouth, right? Um, So be truthful, be transparent with everyone you come in contact in with vending. And I promise you, um, it's a business that you'll love if you put your mind to it. Just don't Mm -hmm. jump into it. Learn a lot about the business first. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. And even, you know, what you said about open up your mind, I mean, open up your mouth so you can, you know, get what you want, get what you deserve. That brought a, a thought to my head, you know, back in high school, you know, it was cool for folks to be loners, you know what I'm saying? Like the cool, the cool loners and, you know, be mean to people, be rude to folks, not talk to folks. And I noticed, you know, when you get into the real world, that's the complete opposite. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If you're not open up your mouth, if you're not speaking, you know, networking with people, building multi-beneficial relationships and providing equal value in them relationships, you're going to take an L. Mm-hmm. And, and it's as simple as that because you can't yep. do nothing. I don't know. I don't know too many things that you can do in this world that doesn't involve people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to talk to somebody. Yeah. I, like I said, I really appreciate you jumping on on the FY Fly podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Definitely tap in with us next week. Have a very another great episode. So I'm going to need y'all to stay safe, stay invested, and stay FYI fly, baby. See y'all next week.